Hi, I'm Rory Greener from XR Today, bringing you the latest in news and conversation from the extended reality space. Today, we'll be discussing XR in the workplace and the considerations enterprise end users should have when adopting immersive tech. Joining me today to explore that topic is Laura Smith, Canada's BIM lead at SNC Lavalin. Welcome and thank you again for so much uh, for taking the time to join me today. Thanks, Rory. Happy to be here. Brilliant. So why don't we kick off by giving yourself, by getting a little introduction to yourself. Um, what's your history of using XR in the workplace um, and what sort of environments have you seen it adopted with your uh, history of the experience? Sure. So um, I started using XR in 2013-ish um, when I worked in an architectural firm to understand, to help the clients and end users to better understand the environment they would be working in from the design team perspective. So, and I've been transitioning to architecture and now I'm in engineering and doing kind of a similar aspect with the XR pieces. Um, I started in 2013, 14 with the Google Cardboard to do um, end user group, um, access to their spaces to make sure that they fit them. I then transitioned to the HTC Vive VR gear to take clients into the virtual environment rather than the static Google Cardboard environment. And I am currently working with the Quest 2 VR headsets, the Oculus, I'm sorry, the um, HoloLens, and, the H and still with the HTC Vive. Um, Fantastic. And with those pieces of hardware as well, I imagine there's software behind that too that you've used. Um, what sort of professional business environments have you seen uh, XR adopted in? You know, I know we've had discussions about nuclear plants um, and other quite high-risk areas too. Um, what sort of environments have you seen these de uh, deployed in? So we've deployed it on-site um, in construction trailers to go over constructability reviews using VR. The software we use with that has been Prospect, Iris VR's Prospect. Um, I've used it in the architectural field to do visualization with the clients and the uh, designers using Enscape. And like we said, we've used the HoloLens in the nuclear field for safety, for training and safety on teams on the equipment they had to be used when they're on, in the field or in the environment. Fantastic. And within those high risk environments and also, you know, with the technology, both hardware and software that you've mentioned, um, how do you approach data and security measures um, when deploying these, I imagine, larger fleets of devices and software? Right. So we currently have just a couple devices. So our management of the devices is as cumbersome as it can be. The security is all about um, making sure we do single sign-ons and MFAs with all our devices, and the the and the security on site is basically client um, mandated. So the client, when we log into their any of their Wi-Fi or any of their data, they all have their security implemented, and we just follow their path. Fantastic. And then also within that, how do you manage uh, updates and uh, not just device, but software updates as well? Make sure everything you're using is up to date and secure as well. 
So we usually have a one point of contact that handles the devices that will then, so when a device goes out on site and it comes back, it's checked in with, for example, for me, I'll take that device and I'll go through all the clearing or wiping of data that they don't need anymore, updates that have, are required, any security patches that need to be implemented. So unfortunately, because we don't have that many devices, it's just a single person taking care of that. No, it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, within that, how do you really approach and start that conversation about uh, using XR in the workplace when it's a larger fleet? I imagine you have to have a very different consideration to, in your example, a smaller um, amount of headsets. How do you approach that conversation? Or how do you perhaps start interest in adopting XR in a workplace? Yeah, I think the key to adoption in the AEC industry, architectural engineering and construction, is proof proof of concept, proof of use. Once you show a team how the product is used, whatever it is, VR, AR, MR, once they've used it on a project, they want to use it all the time. But until you actually deploy it on a project, get them to use it, get it involved, make it part of the workflow in the process, they're not going to get it. They're not going to get into it. I've done um, lunch and learns where I bring teams in and they sit and they go through a building or they go through a light rail system and they then see the benefits of it. So then they want it on their project. I've also done um, after hours VR gaming. So I bring people in so they can play games on the VR because of course, <clears throat> excuse me, it's getting used to the equipment because people aren't, you know, it's the, it, the younger generations all over it. It's the my age and up that are little, taken aback by the use of it and get a little confused and aren't comfortable. So gaming, little games like, I can't remember the name of it, the one where you slice the boxes. Oh, Beat Saber. Beat Saber. Little games like Beat Saber, they, once they use it, then they are much more comfortable in the equipment and they'll use it for everything. It's interesting. I hear Beat Saber is used as an introduction for the device for quite a few enterprise end users now. Um, but you mentioned the generational factors. Could we just explore that a little bit? Um, you know, what has been your experience with introducing the technology to, I assume, a, a fair range of um, of uh, uh, co-workers? Excuse me. Um, you know, what consideration what considerations have you had to make for that um, expectation? I think the biggest is the technology uptake, right? So if you have the younger generations coming out of school, they've either used this equipment or seen it and been trained in it. So giving it to them, it's much quicker. You can just explain it to them, give it to them and let them go. As the generations, as it gets older, it becomes more of the Beat Saber thing, right? Where you have to bring them in and give them something to do um, with it so they understand its usage. And you also have to take a lot more time and care with someone who's of an older generation in order for them to get used to that. Because putting on a headset, playing with the with the handheld stuff to make make it work, it's not it's not a name in them. They're not used to it. Especially the whole walking around in VR. Okay. That takes a lot of patience for me. Like I am constantly turning people to get them to stay in the space and not walk into walls and walk over stuff, right? Because they're, they're in their space, which is good, but at the same time, it's making them aware that they can use the little buttons to transport rather than walking. 
think it's interesting because there's a big point about usability of XR solutions in enterprise, and I imagine that's really a key or critical factor to consider when uh, scaling or just generally deploying um, enterprise XR. Um, I think it's interesting you mentioned the movement side of things. You know, what usability considerations um, once more have you have you brought up and have you have you, you have had to think about, excuse me, um, in the XR, uh, with XR in the workplace? I think the, the biggest thing is we have to have a room. Like I have a room for my digital solutions space. And it, that room is used only for any of our XR equipment. So when someone wants to take a walk through a virtual reality building or station, they have to come into my room to use it because we have the space to be able to do it. Um, I think the sitting, using virtual reality while you're sitting is only useful for those that are used to the device and are technologically advanced. The, those generations, right? They, they need to be standing and walking and looking. And I found also when we do the, the standing and the walking and the looking around the space, they see a lot more. Teams see a lot more in the coordination space of the building. They notice things because they can look around a corner rather than manipulating the model to see what they're doing. So it's yeah. it's one of those, the walking, standing, looking is one of the biggest pieces in VR for us to get more interactive with people. And also I'm interested about how you retain interest across a workplace as well as with executives and managers, um, you know, with the outcomes of say using it for a collaboration effort on a, a CAD model, uh, stuff like this, or looking at repairs and maintenance. Uh, how do you re retain that interest? I think it's just the, the value, right? You, you have the constant, it is a constant um, repeat of the value for, for, for the value and the use of it, how it can benefit the project. And it is, it's every job. It's an introduction by me at the beginning of a job saying we're gonna use VR in our coordination practice because of A, B, and C. And everyone is invited to come and then you get people to come and then you start saying, see, Joe wouldn't have figured that out if Sherry wouldn't have showed him. Yeah. Those kind of, you know, so it's, it is, it's a constant struggle. It's not something that's picked up and easy to go. It's not a requirement. And until you get people that are sold on it and they use it several projects, it doesn't become everyday practice. So maybe let's explore that struggle a little bit more. Um, I'm interested in the counterpoint to this, but perhaps could you introduce and chat about some of the challenges of adopting XR and enterprise that you have faced in the um, past few years of working? I think the biggest challenge when I started this in architecture was the cost. Um, the fees for projects are very tight for anybody in the AEC industry. And when you go and you want to buy a piece of equipment to use on a project, if the piece of equipment is at the time, you know, three or $4,000, you're not going to get that approved by the client because this other co company either already has it paid for or they don't care about it and they're going to do it cheaper. So it, the, the cost, the pain, biggest pain point was the cost in the beginning. And now the biggest pain point as we progress and the products have come down in price, it's a little easier to, to kind of swoop it into the project. But the secondary pain point after that would be the um, understanding 
and the concept of the use within the project. If they don't understand it and they don't understand the concept and they don't understand the benefit, you're not going to get it in there. You're not going to have them give you time to do it. So I think that's the, the other problem. And then, of course, the third problem is those in upper management don't understand why the company needs $100,000 for a room to build all this equipment when it's just a toy, mm-hmm. right? Because they don't understand the value and the benefit. So it just, it all comes down to getting in the face of the right people, getting the right benefit, getting the right value, getting that whole ROI figured out to show them. And then maybe, maybe, fingers crossed, you can get the, the budget you need to, to move it forward. And and within that, do you think there's almost a fear of gamification, um, you know, with that adoption and trying to get the funding for it, et cetera? Oh, for sure. They think that you're just getting it to play games. Like that Beat Saber, you know, I bought myself. It's under my account, under my own Oculus VR thing. And I brought it in to show. And the first thing I was asked is, did SNC pay for that? Interesting. Like, no, no, I paid for it. Yeah. So it's, and I, and I get it all the time. I get people that come into my room and they want to know if they can buy games so they can play them. Interesting. So, yeah. I guess um, on the converse of the challenges, um, and I imagine this question is something that changes year on year based on the uh, advancement of the sector. But how effective is enterprise XR adoption really? You talk about some of those outcomes, the return on investment, um, perhaps in terms of time, capital, vendors, meetings, you know, what benefits does it really bring? Well, for us, I think it, it, it brings a lot of benefits to the project. It leads a lot of benefits to, um, I think one of the biggest things that I tout now is sustainability options. Like we are lessening our carbon footprint by using, using these devices. That, that line alone has allowed me to purchase an extra HoloLens. It's also allowed us to get clients in the spaces without them flying out. And that's, that's helped us win projects, not necessarily won projects, but helped us. It's given us a benefit saying, look, you can be part of, we can take you on-site tour without you leaving your office. So those are the kind of benefits. I don't know if I'm, I'm repeating myself, but those are the kind of benefits that we've gone through with that. In deploying it over the enterprise, it, it, becomes, it becomes difficult because of the different people. It, it, you know, it's all about the people. So if I want to... If I want to deploy it, I'm in Vancouver, BC. If I want to deploy it in Calgary, I have to find someone in Calgary that's going to understand it, be able to troubleshoot it, be able to support and be able to give the time they need to push it like I have. You don't you don't have that. I mean, I'm very lucky in my role that I'm able to do that, but I'm one of four across Canada that can do that. So it becomes that enterprise deployment has to be thought of from the top saying we are going to do this. But in the AEC industry, it's not, it's not at the top of their list, right? The top of their list is we need to make more money on our projects. How are we going to do that? Definitely. I guess that's some of the struggles of being an early adopter of this technology and yeah. trying to champion it. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, really within this conversation, it's, all, it's obviously about XR and the future of work. And if these immersive devices really have a place there, um, you know, I do sort of feel like I know your answer, but, you know, 
what, why why do, does XR have a future in the place of work? You know, why are you championing it? Why are you being an early adopter? And um, what does that future look like for you? Oh man, I so I think my idea of what's going to happen with XR is that we are no longer going to have these monitors. And I actually saw this at the um, Augmented Reality Summit last year where you could put on um, some glasses and you could have 10 monitors. So to me, that is where we're going. We're not going to have monitors on our desks anymore. We're going to have glasses. You're going to put the glasses on. You can have as many monitors as you need and you have all your information up. Rather than me having 20 windows, I can have <laughs> all my monitors, right? So I think that's going to progress. That to me is huge benefit for my industry just because of all the information that we try to compile and put into a, um, a model. I also think that when we are going to when we're moving to more modeling environments, more information within the model, you can then take that model with a, with a pair of glasses and you actually have the model in front of you and you're moving it around and you're adjusting and you're, and you're doing stuff and you're working collaboratively from around the world with everybody in the same model, but in a virtual stage session setting. So I think, I mean, I, to me, when I watch this stuff and I go to these conferences, seeing what Boeing is doing or Google is doing, I cannot wait until the AEC industry starts taking that on and it starts progressing. Because of course it's about cost for us. So if once the cost, once it starts getting better for the other companies, Boeing and Google, then we can start using it because it becomes affordable for us and we can have people that can champion it. Fantastic. It sounds like it's a very good point to end on because it sounds like really that outline, that perhaps interconnected roadmap of uh, enterprise usage really could spell um, a large scale adoption uh, in the next few years. So I want to say thank you at the end of that. Um, your time was fantastic today. There was a lot of insight there to really dig in and to learn a lot from. Um, I'd like to thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for joining me on Cool and everything we chatted about for the past couple of weeks. Great. Thanks, Rory. It's been great. Fantastic. Cool. That's it from myself. You can get more XR news by subscribing to our XR Today news channel and by following our social pages. I'm Rory Greener from XR Today. Thank you very much for watching.